and hailing frequencies are up. And welcome back, podcast fans, to a somewhat somber, uh, unplanned edition of the podcast. I am uh, your host, or one of your hosts, Mike, uh, or Captain Michael Burn It All Down, as for reasons that you'll see. Uh, I'm joined by regular co-host DK. Yeah. <laughs> Hello there. I am currently Rage Shatner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, as you'll have probably told by the title and the thumbnail, as if you wouldn't already know if you're well, you're, you're clicking on this, but you probably are aware that the uh, sad news did come through that after five seasons, Star Trek Discovery has been cancelled the first of the new sort of wave of Star Trek shows that launched this uh, this new era in 2017. Uh, the fifth season uh, was going to air this year, has now been moved to early 2024, uh, and has been confirmed that it will be the show's last. We only have 10 more episodes left of the show. Uh, so basically, we wanted to talk about that, a little bit about the future of the Star Trek universe, because there are things that tie into that. Um, There's only 10 episodes in that season. Yeah, it's really frustrating because it was it's clear that this was never the plan. Uh, and when it dropped to 10 episodes, they said it was to bring it in line with all the other shows on the service because all the other Trek shows are 10, ser- 10 episodes, sorry. So Picard, Lower Decks, Prodigy. I don't know quite how you can compare a half-hour animated to an hour-long live action, but they wanted to, so let them go, I guess. Uh, yeah, you're going to hear a lot of bitterness from me, audience. I do apologize in advance for that. So, yeah. Um so yeah, I was, as I was saying, sorry, I was contracted, but yeah, so the, the future of the Star Trek universe, because it ties in with, obviously, as we know, this is the final season of Picard. That's not a cancellation that was always planned. When the show launched, I remember Patrick Stewart said it's going to be a three-season show, although now I'm seeing social media posts and things from the next-gen cast saying it doesn't have to be the end. If you want us to carry on, we'd be happy to to do so, and you just have to appeal to you know people in charge and whatever else which is, you know, I'm both kind of happy with that. And at the same time, as we were saying off air in a random conversation, at least one or two of them are just getting a bit too old for this now, DK, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, they've picked a hell of a time to say, you know, get in touch with Paramount and let them know when Paramount are going, Mm. yeah, we need the money. Fuck them all. Yeah, basically. Well, this is more or less what's happened. And I wanted to get into a little bit of that because you might not know the kind of behind the scenes stuff or the reasons why. And we can only speculate, but we have bits and pieces of information regarding that. I also have two official statements uh, regarding the cancellation of Discovery. And I didn't say of any, but I do know that there have been a couple of uh, social media posts that I can point you towards on Instagram and the likes from the actors. But effectively, if... um... If anybody, uh, you know, follows any of the Discovery cast members from any point, then you can definitely go and check out what they have to say about it. Off the top of my head, I know Wilson Cruz, uh, Mary Chifo had things to say. Um, oh, I can't remember her name. Tara Rosling, I believe her name, who plays uh, Tarina, the Vulcan president, uh, left a post as well. Uh, yeah, so anyway. I'm um, just reading yeah. one here from uh, Emily Coots as well. Oh, Kayla Detmer, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Didn't know about that. So what did uh, what did Emily have to say then? Was it just more or less the same, you know, very grateful for the, the time? and? Well, it's, it's uh, apparently she's posted a tweet. Um, obviously, I'm not on Twitter because it's a yeah, big bag of dicks. But uh, somebody's reposted it uh, on a group I'm in. It said, endings are always hard, but it's been one hell of a ride. Thank you to all of the fans who made the last few years so incredible. Thanks for welcoming us and the show into your universe. And, you know, then it was hashtag Star Trek Discovery and hashtag Detma. Yeah, fair enough. As I said, they're all very much like that. I know that Mary Chifo was like, um, she posted a throwback picture before the news was announced of like a season two premiere of Discovery. Uh, and then said, I posted this before I heard the news and it seems like a good time to say, even though I was only a small part of the first couple of seasons, it was, you know, the best time of my life. And I'm so grateful for it. I started out with just a random Klingon commander and then became this role that has gone on to define so much and mean a lot. And then she posted some Klingon language, which I don't speak, so I don't know what it said, but I'm presuming something heartfelt and uh, quite sweet, you know. And uh, yeah, likewise, Wilson Coos said, you know, um, it's always sad when things end, but uh, it feels amazing to have been part of a truly diverse cast that really represents the world, and it will inform everything he does going forward, especially working with this group of people. That's what they'll really miss. So, yeah. Um, It makes sense, I guess, to, to carry on with a little bit more of the sort of what people have said then in that case. Uh, And so I'll give you the official statements. 
So the first one I have is from Alex Kurtzman and Michelle Paradise made a joint statement. They are, of course, well, Kurtzman is kind of the Trek overlord at present and Michelle Paradise is the co-executive producer with him. Uh, their statement simply says, your love for these characters and your excitement for every episode, every season has meant the world to us. We can't wait for you to see what we've been working on for this final season. We appreciate your patience in the meantime and trust us when we say it'll be worth the wait. We love you all. Live long and prosper. Uh, and the other statement, of course, is from Sonequa Martin-Green. Uh, who says the fans welcomed us into their hearts as we launched a new iteration of trek and an entire entertainment platform and we'll never forget it 65 episodes later here's to the entire company of star trek discovery to the show and its fifth and final season to its beloved fans and to all those who envision a better future let's fly so uh first of all mini rant from me which i did post on uh, our discord server so apologies dk if this is a repeat but 65 episodes pathetic absolutely shocking that we're going to claim that is now somehow acceptable for a Star Trek show. And I know that probably sounds entitled to a lot of people, especially people that watch other shows and the streaming shows and stuff right now. But with the exception of the animated series, 65 episodes is by far the lowest episode count of any Trek series. Like the original series was cancelled after 79 and people were up in arms. Enterprise was cancelled. Let me put my Homer, Homer voice on here. The lowest seat, the lowest number of episodes so far. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the problem. It's gonna get worse, isn't it? But um, we'll Look, sorry, touch on that. With <laughs> but no, as I was saying, like even Enterprise got, I think, ninety-eight, which is frustrating because it was so close to hundred, and people weren't happy when that ended after four seasons. And I just said, you know, when the history of Trek gets written, I just hope people say, don't say the misleading five seasons. They say sixty-five episodes because that really is really crap. I'm sorry. They, and if it's because they've, you know, spread themselves too thin and stuff, don't do that. Don't try having five or six seasons of series are going at the same time. But, you know, um, and people will say, oh, TV's changed. You can't live in the past, Mike, and whatever else. And I'm sorry, but if TV didn't change between the first season of the original series in 1966 and the final season of Enterprise in 2004, you know, what's the excuse now? It's just, yeah, I don't buy that at all. And... Like I said, I just think it's sucky that they they don't seem to be making track a priority yet again, by which I mean like Paramount and the, you know, the overlords and the like. And yeah, Discovery just seems to always be the punching bag in a lot of ways. And this just confirms, you know, that they don't care. They want it gone. And that's what's happened. Um, but I should say um, that I did find out about a reason for the delay until early next year, which again re reaffirms my point that this was never the plan uh, until recently for reasons that I'll get into. Uh, but yeah, it's been confirmed that Paramount Plus said um, additional filming is set as they say goodbye to Discovery. Uh, even though production did wrap last November, uh, the um, sorry, the source Variety reports that additional filming is taking place. And according to The Hollywood Reporter, the additional filming will, quote, help craft a conclusion for the series. So in other words, they finished filming, had no intention of this being the final season, now have decided it was and are going to actually have to film something that will wrap everything up. So <laughs> if that doesn't say a lot, I don't know what does, really. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Um, any thoughts on that, DK? Had you heard about uh, about that? or uh, I'd, I'd read it. <sighs> you know what we're like, mate. The series that we watch. If anything, I'm thankful that they've not just pulled a Legends of Tomorrow and they've each oh, yeah. been able to go back and film a, a decent conclusion to the series. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying anything against that. I mean, it's, like no. you said, it's, it's good that they've... I mean, it's having, shocking that they think it's going to take a year, but if it's still... Yeah. Having said that, this, again, you don't want to come across as entitled. I don't don't think we've been entitled. I'm not one of these people that's, you know, I want it to run forever and, you know, start no, stamping no. my feet when it doesn't. It is what it is. We get as, you know, the number of episodes that we're supposed to. I get that. Obviously, though, they had planned for more episodes than this. Yeah. This just seems to me to be another bunch of ineptitude on Paramount's part, which I don't even know why... You know, other than the fact that we're beholden to them for the actual show itself, we keep giving Paramount chances because they keep just scoring own goals time after time. Yeah. If you if you recall, I mean, the first time I was on this podcast, mm -hmm. we were discussing how Paramount had screwed up 
with the whole discovery. I think it was was it season three back then it, when they yeah. took it off Netflix. Yep. Because of the whole Paramount Plus thing in the first place. And to me, it's entirely, entirely through greed. Yeah. 100%. Uh, because yeah, during the pandemic, streaming was up fine. And, you know, since then, a lot of streaming services have seen a downturn. Netflix is having problems. Disney Plus is having problems. They're losing subscribers because, yeah. you know, officially, I'm I'm not even going to go into that. That's another subject. But officially, we're now out of this pandemic and everybody's acting like everything's normal, which it's still not. But Well, yeah, too. that's a different argument for a different yeah. uh, podcast, I guess. Yeah, but, but still. All all the way along, it just seems to have been pure greed on the the side of Paramount. It's like Paramount looked at <clears throat> Netflix and then they looked at Disney Plus and thought, right, we're having some of that. I mean, you know, the, it's the same situation that they had with cable companies back in the day. But they said, right, we're having some of that. Instead of just producing decent content, I mean, yeah, I know it's given us, you know, a, a, a few more Star Trek series. It's given us Prodigy. It's given us Strange New Worlds. But even but back now, then, we had Discovery. We had uh, Picard, which were being co-financed by Amazon. I, I, I would hazard a guess that we would still get Prodigy because it's, you know, half-financed by Nickelodeon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But they could have been just content to keep putting out content, selling it to third parties, Netflix was obviously buying it because the first two seasons was yeah. on Netflix. But rather, that, you know, and then sell it through physical media. They could have just had that piece of the pie, but instead of that, they just thought, no, Disney, they're doing their own subscription service, will have a piece of that action. Yeah. So they've I mean, they're it. not, uh, sorry, they're, they're not the only ones that are guilty of that, just to play oh, God, you know, no. devil's advocate for a second, because that's not Paramount at all. The only, I mean, uh, oh, no, I mean, you know, and Apple TV, Apple and, and everybody has a streaming service, everybody's but, doing it, but you, yeah. you've got to, you know, I mean, you just take a look at bloody Warners, uh, you've got to, if you're going to do something like this, at least, you know, have some kind of business acumen about you and paramount have just dropped the ball all along they've treated it like a second class star trek they always treat it like a second class thing i mean you see what's happened with regards to the conventions you saw what happened when it regards to as i say discovery season three and all the way along star trek's been treated like a second class property which is astonishing because you because when it comes to it the majority of people that signed up for paramount plus we're in either one of two camps. One was the Yellowstone camp. The other was the Star Trek camp. Nobody can tell me that anything else that Paramount Plus put out. Yes, and this is, this is my point. Any yeah, kind of fusion. Yeah, and this is my point. Like I said, it's, I, I certainly don't blame Paramount for the idea of, oh, let's launch a streaming service because everyone does it. What I do blame them for is make sure you've got the flipping content first. And as usual, I think... And this will tie into something that um, Chris Pine said in an interview recently that I will promise I'll get to. Um, but as usual, they just thought, oh, the Star Trek fans will do it for us. They'll come to our, you know, they, we can just do what we want. We can charge them whatever we want. We can treat them however we want, and they'll come to for us. And there comes a point where you just go, no, we won't. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I mean, I know a lot of Trekkies, and I know very few of them who have signed up for Paramount Plus. Because Why? You know, why pay for yet another streaming service? And I've said for a long time that the way they kept trying to go, like, it's the place you can get every back episode of Star Trek. Yeah, there's another place I can get that. My Blu-ray DVD shelf. Yeah, I own them all, you know? And I don't have to pay myself, you know, seven quid a month minimum or whatever to get to watch them. I can chuck them in any time. A one-off payment, you know? It's and, been boneheaded uh, decision after boneheaded decision because then they're putting out statements saying it's the only place that you can watch all of these, you know, back, back episodes and back movies of Star Trek. And then all of a sudden, they're getting alerts just saying, oh, you better watch these movies because these are going to be taken off soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, plus, I mean, it's not really the sort of thing I'm all that au fait with because actually I haven't got Paramount Plus, but I did hear complaints that they didn't have the up-to-date sort of 4K restorations of the movies. They didn't have the director's cuts of the motion picture or uh, Wrath of Khan or Star Trek VI. I don't know if that's still the case, but like you said, a lot of people were complaining they were fudging even that at launch. Um, and then, as you said, yes, they do currently now have all of Star Trek because they've been able to buy rights to share with Amazon, Picard, and Lower Decks. But 
even still, even though they may well have all of Star Trek, Netflix also still have all of the, uh, I guess, Roddenberry Berman era treks from the original series to Enterprise. Amazon still have Picard and Lower Decks as well, uh, you know, however long they last. And like you said, Nickelodeon co-finance Prodigy, so they have that as well. So it's like not the only place you can get Star Trek by a long time. I mean, unlike <laughs> you, I know a few people that did sign up to Paramount Plus and they did just do it on the strength of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, you know, understand. anecdotal evidence is not the best evidence, as we all know. But I'm willing to bet that there's a quite a substantial number of number of Trekkies that have signed up for Paramount Plus just for Trek content. And if you're losing subscribers, what's the best way, you know, to counter that? Oh, we'll get rid of the, one of the two pinnacle shows that people yeah. are joining us for. I don't see how this is possibly going to work for them unless they're going to start doing write-offs. Well, this is the thing. And like I said, it's, it, it is greed. You're absolutely right. And it is, it is a lot like at the moment being a fan of the kind of DC Comics universe Warner Brothers type stuff because it just seems like mismanagement at the highest level and and just every time you think, ah, oh, you, you know, maybe they know what they're doing. Nope, there's a complete own goal. And it relates to, like, this isn't really related to what we should, were talking about today, but I already told you, the pricing for the Next Generation movies 4K set is ludicrous. They're asking 80 quid for four movies that are just ported straight from the Blu-ray. No new features, no anything. I mean, they may have a restoration, fair enough. And I was like, how do you justify that cost when it was like, it was 100 quid for movies one to six? On top of that, you also had three director's cut versions of movies one, two, and six. You know, brand new restorations, a couple of new extra features, and that was only 20 quid more expensive. And then, like I said, you've got to look at, your other competitors in the marketplace. The Matrix have brought out a, a new box set, film box set, with all four movies plus the Animatrix, and they're charging 50 quid for it. It's It just reeks of Paramount, as you said, just being like, ah, the Treks, the Trek nerds will be our punching bags again. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've just, I'm, I'm reading it because, you know, I don't have Paramount Plus at the moment myself. Yeah, I have some which says here, as of March 2023, the six original series movies and the four next generation films are not on Paramount Plus. Yeah, which, yeah, just, exactly. It's just absolutely, it's, it's insane. Well, yeah, related to that, the reasons why we think this may have sort of led to Discovery's downfall and who knows what else uh, is because. Uh, it came out, there was already a, a, an article about a week or two before Discovery's cancellation was announced to say that Paramount were going to have to cut back on streaming. They announced they were going to cut streaming costs because they were in tremendous debt. And then it came out exactly how much, <laughs> how bad it is. So apparently Paramount's direct consumer unit, which is Paramount Plus and Pluto TV, lost $575 million in the fourth quarter of 2022. So... <laughs> They're going to have to recoup that somewhere. And obviously, as we've seen, their first move was cancel. Just cancel the shows, which that's not that's not a long-term solution either. Do you know what I mean? It's just dumb. It's really stupid. It's Elon Musk logic of I'm going to take over this failing company, fire everybody, and then we'll be fine. Well, no, you won't, because if you get rid of everyone, then there's no one there. You know, If you get rid of all your content, there's nothing for people to watch. So it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at this, and even Yellowstone, the future of Yellowstone, is up in the air right now. Yeah, well, it is with everything. Like I said, all of the Paramount shows that are streaming are now saying they don't know what's going to happen, including all of the Star Trek shows. But that kind of um, that relates to what I was going to get on into, which was we already know that's it. Discovery's cancelled, and we know Picard was going to come to an end. So we have three shows currently on the air now that we have confirmed going forward. And Strange New Worlds already has a shelf life because it's set only like six or seven years before the original series. So it kind of has to end <laughs> before we just start hitting stuff that we've seen already. And I know we had that, you know, that great episode, which was retelling the events of Balance of Terror and stuff in that time. But surely they're not going to just remake the original series. You know, plus it wouldn't work anyway. It's not the same characters. Um and, you know, I just don't get the sense that they would invest the time and money into that. So, you know. Um, uh, I mean, we talked, we, yeah, we talked about this, I thought, was it yesterday off air? Yeah. And I can only see a couple of seasons of Prodigy going forward. Yeah. With regards to Strange New Worlds, as I say, I don't think 
Paramount personally, regardless of what statements they're putting out, I personally do not think they're going to renew anything or, or you know invest in anything new for Star Trek. No. For the next couple of years, I think the only thing we're going to get is Strange New Worlds. And I think depending on how Paramount view that after may, maybe a series two or three, I mean, you know, we're being optimistic here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we know there's a season two, but with the way things are with Paramount, that might be it. Yeah, I think I can see why they've taken the decision they have and cancelled Discovery is because Strange New Worlds is the critical darling. It was the one that debuted and everyone was like, oh, 99% critics score on Rotten Tomatoes and it's Trek finally back to what it does and whatever else. So, you know, the creatives and the powers that be will just think, oh, we got it right, we'll just keep going with that. But as you say, not for, not forever. And if they keep making dumb creative decisions like some of the things in season one that I won't get into, it'll, you know, not last long at all. Um but yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. It's especially so because, as we were saying off air, so many people just gave up on Discovery at ridiculously early points. And there are so many people that are so entitled as fans that you look at the reactions and there's so many people saying, oh, good, it was never Star Trek. It's not really, you know, it's crap. It shouldn't have been allowed. And it's like, how can you call yourself a Trekkie if your logic is, I don't like this, so I don't care if you do? Aren't we yeah. supposed to be about infinite diversity? And yet the sheer entitlement of like, well, I didn't like it, so I'm glad it's gone, really pisses me off. You know what I mean? My biggest annoyance that I'm taking away from this situation is these whinging bastards that don't like it. And ever since season one are coming out saying, oh, it's Discovery's going to be cancelled. Kurtzman's going to be fired. They hate it. They're now going to, you know, be marching through the streets going, yeah, we were right. I mean, it took us five years to be right, but we were right. And yeah, that's exactly. that really fucking annoys me. And it feels like Paramount's kind of played into the hands instead of allowing it to reach its natural conclusion, and which we'll, I guess we'll never really know until, you know, 10, 20 years down the line. But, uh, yeah, it, it just bugs me. It bugs me that it's given fuel to the fire, of that element of, yeah. I'm going to say fandom, but I'm going to put it in quotation marks because I don't consider yeah. them real real fans because, you know, you, you just don't continually shit on something just because you don't personally like. Exactly. It's what you call the fandom menace, I believe. <laughs> but uh, Yeah. I mean, it, but as you said, though, they are playing into that because even with the third season of Picard, the fact that whatever you, you know, personally you may think about it, and I'm still not, you know, fully, you know, loving it the way everyone else is, but it clearly is a course correction from season one and two, and so you already have people, like, it's getting back to real proper Star Trek, and I've genuinely seen people that are like, it's good because it's suddenly not woke, and I'm like, oh, fuck oh, you know what I mean? Anybody that complains modern Star Trek is woke, have they ever watched any of the fucking older episodes? I know, I know, yeah. I mean, come on, Shatner himself said, oh, when did Star Trek become woke, and then a thousand memes sprang up of Beale and Loki that were like, you were there, yeah. <laughs> dude. <laughs> but, uh, you know, oh, God. Just... I wanted to uh, get into a little bit anyway of, um, like I said, just talking about what, what before all of this kind of happened with Paramount and the cancellation, what Star Trek's future did look like. We don't know how much is this, this is still true, but I just thought it was interesting to see what they were aiming for. Uh, and it just says that, you know, Kurt, Kurtzman signed a five-year deal in 2018, which again, mm, that's not uh, not lasting very much longer. So it makes you think of his days may be numbered, which again will please a lot of people. Uh, you know, his his deal was to expand the franchise beyond Star Trek Discovery to give you new mini series, series animated. Uh, you know, he said he wanted to open the world up, create multiple series set in the same universe, but with their own unique storytelling and distinct cinematic feel. Uh, and that led to the you know branding title of Star Trek Universe. Uh, in October of 2020, Kurtzman stated that Star Trek series have been planned through 2027, uh, but cautioned that it was a preliminary plan, uh, but it was necessary to plan so far in advance because of the long production schedules for each series. That's a bit of a red flag for me, because that is seemingly, ah, was that literally the plan then to say by 2027 they're all done? Um, because that is possible. I mean, we're in Discovery's last season will air in 2024. Is it going to be literally that we have three years of trailing off Lower Decks, um, Prodigy, and Strange New Worlds, then that's it? I on I, I, I kind of think that's the way it's going to go. That's the vibe I'm getting. And, you know, it's pure speculation on our part, but it's the vibe I'm getting. You know, there's not been anything put out that, that's, that, that could say, yeah, we might pick up threads from 
Picard. But it feels like, creatively speaking, it's a it's really weird what they're doing because they're throwing in ideas that would be enough for the start of a full new series, and yet we're supposed to believe they're going to wrap it up in seven episodes, which feels like so bizarre to me. Is it because you know that like the Money Men aren't going to launch new series, but it feels a little bit like they might be kind of trying to force their hand into that, if you know what I mean. With like, oh look, there's so many interesting places to go. You might want to give us a new series. It was in February 2021, apparently, that Paramount Global announced that Paramount Plus would be the home for all the Star Trek series. And Paramount Plus's executive vice president of development and programming, called Julie McNamara, said they're unlikely to expand the slate of Star Trek series until one of these five shows ended, which could happen when a series of story runs its course or a lead actor's contract expires. Uh, Michelle Yeoh was crying in a corner at the time, I believe. We'll get to that. McNamara hoped to release a new season of Star Trek each quarter. Uh, Discussing the next phase of the franchise, Kurtzman said that several projects were in development. The success of Prodigy could lead to more young audience-focused series. He added that future live-action series would likely explore new parts of the franchise's timeline in a similar way to Discovery's jump to the far future in the third season. Got to say, I don't feel like that's the way the wind's blowing, but okay. Uh, Kurtzman also felt there'd be opportunities for future series to be associated to other Paramount brands like BET and Showtime, similar to Prodigy being developed for Nickelodeon. And this made me laugh. Monthly meetings with the showrunners of each new series are held to allow coordination between the different series and ensure that they're not stepping on each other's toes by using the same elements of the universe, according to Kurtzman. They can't even get the freaking uniform right. (laughs) <laughs> if they're liaising with each other they're not doing a very good job because we have 17 different uniforms for the same time period so you might want to do a better job at that <laughs> <sighs> midi rant but yeah anyway <laughs> i did want to sort of touch on this a little bit with you because you know we're here we may as well be chatting this nerd stuff so as we know poor michelle yo and that section 31 series we even joked about it in our um, animated series review uh, that we did yeah. last season, it's never gonna bloody happen for the poor woman, is it? <laughs> no, uh, I think you know she's she's found better things to occupy her time now. Course, yeah. And again, it's it's paramount letting a golden opportunity slip out of their grasp mm-hmm. because they've got the business well. acumen of your average doorstop. Now, I'm not yeah. saying I would have enjoyed that season that series because it's section 31's never really appealed to me as a concept and i know it's not to you but no it would have appealed to some yeah you know so um, and at the end of the day you've got a show with michelle yo in the lead so exactly you know when you when you saw the 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 hassle that people have been under you know going over with destination star trek london and destination star trek europe it's it's plainly obvious to anybody that Paramount really couldn't give a shit about the fans, yeah. other than you know cash yeah. registers in their eyes. I'll completely. And that brings me to another point because, as I say, people might well be listening and being like, "They've only cancelled one show, very entitled and whatever else." But it's not just that; it's more of the way that it's handled. Because I did hear as well that the Discovery cast were informed that the show was cancelled the morning that the statement was released, so they had like two, oh. three hours to get adjusted to it. And Doug Jones found out via a phone call while he was on the Star Trek cruise. That's Jesus. just insulting to everybody involved. It is. it is. I mean, yeah, a case could be made to say that, you know, these are two disgruntled fans that really like the worst show in Star Trek history. But, yeah, we liked it. And there's a lot of people that do like it. And I'm not saying that it's the the most highly rated show, but it was highly rated enough to base a goddamn universe off in the last couple of years. Well, yeah, you, do, you do not base several other series on a franchise that is being run into the ground. Yeah, exactly. I mean, t- that's the weird thing is it's by no means my favorite Star Trek series overall. But that's part of my frustration with cancelling it now is that, as I said to you, almost all of the series, if not all, their first two seasons are dire. They're just not good. They take a while to find their feet. And that's with having 26 episodes a season. And it just feels like Discovery never really got a chance to grow its own identity. So you basically had a complete relaunch of the show at the start of its third season, where they all had to completely readjust. And credit where it's due, they did. Against all odds, they completely did. And a lot of people would say that's when it really did find a voice. 
you know, whether you like it or not. And there are still people that whinge about stupid things like, oh, the Ferengi and the Cardassian costumes and stuff don't look the same. The makeup's crap. Yeah, it's a thousand years later. Let it go. And that's a yeah. different production team in real world terms. But, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you can cope with it. If we can cope with the Klingons that looked so bloody dire in that first season, you can cope with slight makeup alterations. That's life. I mean, we're not in 1996 anymore, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's a different gripe, I suppose. But my point is, like I said, it, it didn't really get a chance to effectively launch what it actually wanted to be until the start of its third season. And now here we are. It's aired seasons three and four in this new form and cancelled. And it just feels like it was just getting its feet, getting its footing, getting its, you know, a yeah. bearing for what it could be with this few far future series. And Nobody didn't think it was good that was watching it. Everyone was like, yeah, this was a good decision. I was very skeptical at the time because I was like, it's a cowardly decision because it's it's just you trying desperately to avoid touching anything to do with canon because you know how unpopular that's been. And I kind of wish you wouldn't kowtow to that level of fans and stuff. But like I said, credit where it's due. They did a great storyline with it and it worked. You know, and those two seasons, I don't love the fourth season, but I do think seasons three and four whatever you might think of them, are a unique series for the first time that found its identity and was was what it is, you know? I, I actually prefer seasons three and four to one and two. Mm. And no, I prefer probably... anything to season one. I'll give you yeah. that much. I mean, I don't know if you're in the minority, but, you, you know, again, like you're saying, people are just saying, well, you've, you've had to relaunch the show. But it did, they did a bloody good job at it. And if you go back and look at season two of Book Rogers compared to season one, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. Go back and look at any like 90% of the first two seasons of the next generation. It's not the same show, and it's not very good for the most part. I mean, there's the odd gem in there, the measure of a man and Q Who and stuff in season two. But for every one of those, there's Code of Honor or Lonely Among Us or Justice. These are abysmal episodes of Star Trek, you know. <laughs> and that's my favorite series, Next Generation. So it just bugs me that people were so quick to disavow Discovery and Maybe part of it comes from being, you know, the, a long-term Doctor Who fan, as you know, as well. So I know how quickly this stuff can go away and stay gone for a long time. Heck, as a Star Trek fan, we know that. Because Enterprise ended and that was it until 2017, you know. So yeah. it bugs me that it's just like, yeah, you might say, well, we're, so what? We're just going to have to accept anything because anything's better than nothing. Well, in a way, frankly, yes. Do you know what I mean? What do you want? <laughs> if I People can live. to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if I can live through move along home, you know, <laughs> current audiences can can live through anything. Yeah. It's just annoying, like you said. I don't believe that there's any creative reason to do this. It certainly doesn't feel like it, it had expanded all the story it possibly could, Discovery, I mean, and it just seems like we have money problems. Let's take it out on the Star Trek, you know, franchises again. Like I said, it does not feel like Discovery Story has reached a natural conclusion. Now, we haven't yeah. seen the final season in complete fairness, so maybe they'll stick the landing and it will feel that way. But right now, it just feels like there's a heck of a lot of story left to tell. Well, when you look at Picard, Picard is reaching its natural conclusion. But well, I'm willing it was until this week. <laughs> yeah. But I'm willing to put money. I'm willing to put money on the fact that by this time next year, there's not been any new series announced by Paramount. Yeah, I'm the same, and I feel like, like I said, that you can, the, the the worrying trend, and again, maybe we're gonna have people listening saying it's just you being pessimistic, or it's just you, whatever. But yeah, the wind, the way the wind's blowing, seems to be we're gonna start, you know, closing it down because the fact is, even if they were all about, you know, we need to save money or somewhere, Picard's finished, so that's one less series you've already got. Now you've cancelled Discovery which leaves you one live-action Star Trek series. No offense to animation. You know how much I love Prodigy and Lower Decks. I really do. But, you know, live-action television is what Star Trek's bread and butter was and always will be, and we've got one series, which is doing 10 episodes a year. It's yeah. it's not good enough. No, no. And again, you know, people could look at us and say, we're, we're being entitled, we're being spoiled with regards to this. But... It, it was brought, it was, I mean, Paramount, it was only, what, a couple of years ago that Paramount was saying it's one of their flagship shows. Yeah, and they were and talking they about launching a thousand things. They had said, you know, all oh, that Section 31 series will come. We're thinking of doing a Starfleet Academy series. We've got other great ideas. We could spin anything off from anywhere. And then now it just feels like that was the halcyon days of, you know, being blinkered. And now it's like, do you know what? Never mind. Yeah, I mean, it was being praised as, like, you know, Kurtzman's ushered in a golden age of Star Trek. And I don't 
blame Kurtzman for any of this, despite what the naysayers said. He's done a bang-up job. Now, if you look at other showrunners on in other formats, we're going back to Doctor Who, mm. the amount of pressure that showrunners are under, and on something yeah. like Doctor Who, they stomach it for what? Three or four years sometimes, and then they think, you know what, it's not worth it. I can't be asked for this. I'm moving on. Yeah. So, like I said, the, the way the, the things are going, it feels a little bit like they're winding down tracks. So you might think, well, you know, we've had this before. Maybe they're winding down the TV stuff in favor of kicking back up the film franchise. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> definitely not. So this is a, a news article from March the 1st, 2023, so two days ago at time of recording. Chris Pine says the Star Trek film franchise feels like it's cursed, calls it frustrating being kept out of the loop on Star Trek 4. It's 14, but I'll keep calling it 4 because you know what they're like. They think it's a reason. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, what's going on with Paramount's Star Trek franchise? Don't ask Chris Pine, even though he's one of the headlining stars. You know, Pine has played for Kirk in three movies, and he's painfully out of the loop when it comes to the long-delayed and long-overhauled fourth movie. And again, this is just testament to how completely screwy and screwed up Paramount is. Directors like Quentin Tarantino and Noah Hawley have developed Star Trek four scripts that never got off the ground. WandaVision director Matt Shankman was the most recent filmmaker attached to Star Trek four, but he just left the project to shoot Marvel's Fantastic Four instead. Paramount announced last September that it was removing Star Trek four completely from its release calendar, which frankly is news to me that it was ever on one, but okay. <laughs> As part of Chris Pine's new Esquire cover story, Producer J.J. Abrams said the Star Trek IV script is in a good place. I will say it's the first time since the original reboot that we have a story that feels as compelling as the first one. But even still, Pine is out of the loop. And he said, I don't know anything. In Star Trek land, the actors are usually the last people to find out anything. I know costume designers that have read scripts before the actors. Pine and co-stars Zachary Quinto, Zoe Saldana and more reportedly had no idea Paramount was even moving forward with Star Trek IV when Abrams, Abrams announced as much in February of 2022. It's all par for the course with Star Trek, Pine told Esquire. I would say it's frustrating, he said. Uh, it doesn't really foster the greatest sense of partnership, but it's how it's always been. I love the character, I love the people, and I love the franchise. But to try and change the system in which things are created, I just can't do it. I don't have the energy. Yeah, welcome to our world, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> the Star Trek franchise has been a question mark ever since Star Trek Beyond disappointed at the box office with $344 million worldwide. Pine has often lamented Star Trek movies being forced to gross Marvel-level numbers at the box office, and he continued to beat the drum on this matter in his Esquire interview. And I second everything he says here. This, I think, is a very key thing and a key point. He says, I'm not sure Star Trek was ever built to do that kind of business. I always thought, why aren't we just appealing to this really rabid fan group and making the movie for a good price and going on our merry way instead of trying to compete with the Marvels of the world? After the last one came out and didn't do the $1 billion that everyone wanted it to do, and then obviously, sadly, Anton passed away, I don't know. It just seemed, and then apparently Pine took a deep breath and just said, it feels like it's cursed. Again, welcome to our world. Yeah. So, it's spot on. Yeah. Every single exactly. word Hang on. <laughs> Incoming transmission. I did actually put out a message to Mastodon in a few places to say, what were your thoughts on Star Trek Discovery being cancelled? Uh, I haven't vetted these and I'm you know, going to read them all because fair play, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Uh, but there has been a bit of a nightmarish bloody uh, shitstorm already from people, you know, lamenting, clashing with people that are celebrating its cancellation. And don't do that. Don't celebrate some, something that people love being, you know, going away, no matter how much you might have disliked it, because that's just yeah. crass. That's just a dick move, you know, but hopefully we're preaching to the converted. But anyway, I wanted to quickly go into this. So the first person that I asked was our friend Lady Vianne, who, um, of course, we've had on the podcast a few times. Uh, so I just asked her, you know, how do you feel about the cancellation of Discovery? And she sent a very brief message going, uh, just since I passed out on Discovery after three episodes, I can't say I'm torn up about it. Okay, like I said, I'm not loving that, you know, that attitude and that logic, because I think three episodes are shockingly few to give, but all right. Um over on Mastodon, uh, I asked on the Star Trek page, you know, what are your feelings regarding this as well? Chris Strathplanet says, even if I've had my disbelief surgically removed, Discovery was an unbearable mycelium network of nonsensical plot holes. Appreciation for some of the acting, actresses and characters and love for the gay couple. But please, I have a similar feeling for the 13th Doctor Hall too. Maybe I'm just old. Might think of a few other names, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> on Mastodon says I'll definitely miss it when it's gone would have liked to have seen a few more seasons in that future maybe a different incarnation of Star Trek will see us there for more kind of hope so but doubt it myself but there we go 
Um, Fabi at share underscore sun just says, I'm not sad. Felt like they rebooted it every season. There was no vision for the series, the stories, the plot holes. At least it brought Star Trek back. Okay. Um, Rosanna Cunningham says, neither up nor down about it, to be honest. I watched it, but it was really only when Pike, Spock, etc. showed up that I truly warmed to it. It never felt like real Star Trek. I fucking hate that. <laughs> I hate that sentence. That is that is nails on a chalkboard to me, not real. What the fuck is real Star Trek? Pardon my language, but define it for me. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> um, Rob OG Trekker says with Discovery and Picard ending that leaves two open slots I would love to see Section 31 get off the ground with Giorgio, Wolf, and Raffi completely different time periods mate anyway, there was also talk of a Tales of the Federation anthology which would allow a story a week to possibly bring back some Trek alum my biggest hope is that after Star Trek Picard we will have Star Trek Janeway fingers crossed yeah you've got Star Trek Janeway mate it's called Prodigy <laughs> <laughs> At Punk on Bus 1701, love it, says, don't assume there are two open spots. Paramount streaming lost 575 million last quarter, and the overall company is looking to make three to four hundred million dollars in cuts this year. Uh, Rob says, party pooper. He's <laughs> to which Punk on Bus replies, <laughs> I'm trying to manage expectations. Uh, he <laughs> Rob replies, oh, thanks, mom, got a boy dream. And he says, as Spock told Zulu, you may indulge yourself. I would love to see an anthology series across all time periods. A Raffi Wharf spy series would rock. Weirdly enough, I was saying that to you, actually. Um, yeah. I would love to see a Tilly Starfleet Academy show. Uh, I want Tilly back in everything, really. Uh, they were my favorite character from Discovery, says Ronnie at AppDot. Um, he then clarifies, I do not repeat, do not want anything that has to do with Section 31 or the Mirror Universe, though. Okay, um, Ronnie then chimes in again. I'd say the chances of two new Star Trek shows to replace Picard and Discovery are slim with the amount of money they need to cut. Uh, yeah, um, that's that's the thing that's getting to me. Uh, we may be, uh, I mean, I can't say until you see actual figures, but it is pos entirely possible we could be in the minority we like in Discovery. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. It's It's going. There's nothing we can do about it. No worries. What worries me is what this bodes for the Star Trek franchise going forward. And I think it's yeah. that's you know what you've said off air, you're under the same impression. Yeah. And not not just on the on the sense of like, well, we can afford to cancel it because we need the money and whatever, but it's it worries me that with Discovery gone, you're already starting to see people go, see, go woke, go broke or whatever. And I'm like, that's not the takeaway. Please don't let that be the takeaway from people here, you know. Yeah. But, uh, anyway. Um, Christian Muttig on our page also says, a show set in the lost era, 2293 to 2350. That's what I'd like to see. So much stuff we barely know about. The Treaty of Algeron and the Romulans retreating behind their own lines afterwards. The unstable relations with the Klingons, first contact with the Cardassians and the subsequent wars. There's much ground to cover. I do think there's a lot of ground to cover in any number of periods, you know, and a lot of people still won't have it. They still want something set, you know, when Picard is because they want to just carry on with that period. But it's yeah. not, I don't think, lack of ideas that's the problem here, unfortunately. It's lack of support and money. Um, so, yeah, just to finally finish this off then, on my personal Mastodon page, I asked the same question. Had a few replies there. Um, Eleanor, or they're smiling, uh, says, I will absolutely miss it. I'm sad that Disco is the victim of budget cuts. I'm glad, however, that they got to do additional filming to give it an actual conclusion. Um, yeah, I'd say that's fair enough. We kind of said the same thing. Bear Philippe replies, how do I feel about it? And then a lovely Better Call Soul gift, just saying, not great, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Punk on Bus is back again, 1701, saying, I'm probably more of a doomsayer than I should be, but it's obvious that the Latin age of Star Trek is not going to be as prolific as it has been. Paramount Plus and indeed all streaming services are hemorrhaging money and will make cuts, as we just saw with Disco. I'm sad to see it go. I truly thought it would at least go to six seasons, as I didn't think they'd let it end on a fun treasure hunt season, which is what they've kind of alluded to what season five will be. Um, Ron Dyke actually replies with a very unusual take, but I'm, I'm amazed to hear it, and fair play to you. It started strong and quickly lost its way. That's literally the opposite of what I've heard everyone else say, but power to you, Ron, if you like that early season, though, do you? Um, and finally, Hank G at Friendica says, season two was the closest to working for me. I gave it one more season, then gave up after season three. No, I won't miss it. To be fair to you then, mate, at least you gave it three seasons. You know, <laughs> if it wasn't for you, fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of, I think, the, 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 the worrying thing there is that it's very mixed in terms of people that miss it. And I do feel bad about that because, like although it's not my favorite, there's a lot there to like and there are definitely characters and scenarios and and you know world building parts of the universe that i'm gonna really miss and don't think we unnecessarily like i don't think we'll ever see 
32nd century and beyond again. I think that's it now. <laughs> no, no. But, but it, it, it's it's bad because it kind of makes everything that's going on in between not redundant, as it were, but you know where things are headed. Hmm. So Well, it's Star I mean, Trek. You can just potential. say it was an alternate timeline or anything if they yeah, wanted to, couldn't There it? is potential for good story. Kind of interested to know where the new series kind of rank with your stuff, DK, if, uh, if you don't mind. Maybe I'll give you the same thing afterwards. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll count down in, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll count it down from the my least favourite to the best. I will say that there's not a single thing, even the, the lowest thing on the list, there's not a single thing on this I actively dislike. It's just mm -hmm. stuff that I, you know, prefer, stuff that I'm used to, stuff that I might have grown with. So, you know, what I find necessarily appealing, a modern viewer wouldn't, you know? Yeah. Well, so, um, we'll try we'll try ranking it all, but I will say with my proviso that I'm not going to add the animated series because I haven't seen it all, uh, so it wouldn't seem fair. I am going to. I'm, I'm re-watching it starting now, so I will eventually have done that. Um, and I don't know if it feels like we should bother including short treks because they're such a weirdly mixed bag anyway. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. That's at the bottom of my list. That's, right, okay. I think he said have carried on. You know, if we'd maybe we had a couple of seasons more where you could have got a bit a little more variety in the in the show and not just it just felt like an addendum to Discovery and you know a couple of Picard ones. But other than that, it didn't really have a presence. There were some nice little stories in there, but uh yeah, it's it's at the bottom of my list. It certainly wouldn't be bottom of my list, but okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one I, I You've not seen it all, but I have. It's the animated ser series. I like it, but it is very dated, even though the animation's better than a lot of current animation out there. But, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's, it's very uh, Masters of the Universe filmation, which you either love or hate, really. I mean, you can accept it if you if you grew up with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. The next one on my list, and don't hate me for this, because I know you're going to come at me, uh, the next one is Lower Decks. It's fair enough, okay. Yeah, it's. I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it, but now and now and again, there's maybe I'm just an old fuddy duddy. But now and again, there's the odd bit of humour which I just think, yeah, that don't sit right with me. You know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next one is Discovery. Uh, okay. Again, not my favourite, but you know we're coming towards the middle of the list. So it, it it it's not it's not the best, but it does have some fantastic acting in it and uh, some really great moments. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next one, Strange New Worlds, which uh, it's a difficult one because I love it, I love it, but at the same time, there's something about it that really rankles me. Yeah, terrible um, creative decisions in a few places again. <laughs> well, other than you know, let's not go into uh, yeah, let's not go into that episode. But uh, I like it, but I don't. And I've, I think I've said this before. Everyone comes away looking just a little too smug for my liking. Yeah, a lot. I don't think it was cast as well as a lot of people would make out either. To be honest, a few of the sort of existing legacy characters have been recast with actors who don't have the charm or the you know bizarres that the originals did and yeah without wanting to get into too many spoilers they had a really good actor involved in a new role and got rid of them so seems like a dumb move to me <laughs> yeah yeah the next one on my list picard again they've made some god-awful decisions and it's not for everybody i know you you're not a big fan personally uh of the writing especially but maybe it's a nostalgia thing i it, I still enjoy it. I don't know why. It's I, I, I just I come away from it from the most part with a smile on my face, even if it's you know one of the most inept episodes. Uh, it's just a buzz for me. So, uh, Stardust City Rag, really? <laughs> all right, not that episode. You know, <laughs> it's every you know, Strange New Worlds has that episode, and Stardust City Rag in in that one. No, uh, the next one is. Uh, Voyager. Uh, okay. it, it, I like it, but it never reached what I thought its potential could. And I know that Vian's probably going to come at me for this shit, but yeah, it just never really struck a chord with me. I might come at you for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it has that 
goddamn Chicote boxing episode, and that just—that's well, one episode, man. Let it go. <laughs> Mate, it's it's bad enough to drag the rest down. Uh, <laughs> the next one, uh, Prodigy. Okay. Far and away, the best Trek show on air at the moment. Considering it's an animated slash for kids show, I just think it's the writing is really good. I, I can't. I can't really fault it. I think I think the voice acting is fantastic. Yeah, I just love it. And I'm looking forward to another season. So don't you dare go there, Paramount. Uh the next one, I've kind of got I've got two in the same spot. I've got next gen and enterprise. Oh wow, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, and I know everybody's everybody says what enterprise really, but it has it does seem to have been increasing in popularity in recent years, but it's I've always surprisingly loved it. high up on my list. <laughs> yeah, I've I've always loved it. I just I just think it's a fun show. I've I, I love. There's not a single character on there I do not like, and uh, I it was nice. It was nice to go back and and you know have that kind of ragtag makeshift beginning beginning of the Federation. I liked it. I, I mean, again, not every decision was a stellar one. Yeah. Uh, I could have done without too much emphasis on, you know, how much Vulcans are bastards. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they, they seem to write right the wrongs towards the end, and it's a real shame it finished. Yeah. Uh, in second place, I've got DS Nine, which I hated when I first saw it, and now it's just I just love it. I know you're not as enamoured with it as I am, but. Come on, man! It's got Vic Fontaine in it, so no, for me, yeah. it's <laughs> it, it's up there. And uh, number one, it's it's still the original series. It's it's probably because I grew up with it, you know. Okay. So <laughs> you are going to hate my list. <laughs> at least, at least, you know, I cannot be accused of being an original trekker, uh, mm. and you know, saying. Nobody that watches the original Trek likes Discovery. I like Discovery, and I grew up with the original Trek, so up yours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you might not like my list, but I'm, I am I will sort of, you know, add in the same way as you that there's nothing here that I, beyond maybe the last entry, but we'll see, that I actively hate, and I can watch episodes of any of them, and I would say I like everything here with, like I said, the exception of the one I've got in last place, but we it, it hasn't finished yet. Um so yeah, if you haven't guessed, my last place is Picard. I'm still not feeling it, even three episodes into this glorious, you know, renaissance. We can't believe the miracle workers have done this third season. It just makes a lot of the same mistakes for me. It still adds unnecessary swearing, extreme violence, smoking everywhere, characters that are just conflict, you know, walking conflicts, people acting very out of character in ways that we know them, particularly like legacy characters and stuff. And yes, it has seven episodes to turn it around and I kind of hope it really does. But in terms of the first two seasons and the three episodes so far, it's bottom of my list. And I think, yeah, certainly the first two seasons absolutely stink. doesn't help that I just don't like any of the new characters they introduced. So yeah. Um, The next one for me would have been Short Treks. I think there's actually some real gems, but there's equally some complete crap amongst there as well or some that fall somewhere in between like i like the trouble with edward the episode for what it is if it had been like a funny i don't know hollow story or something but making it canon that you know these triples were created by this dumb officer and it was his dna and stuff don't do that don't f with you know established things for the sake of a bad joke it's it's never gonna work out um but yeah for, for every time you've got that you've got things like calypso which is probably the most beautiful single episode of trek ever made it's only 10 15 minutes long and it's it's incredible. I'd show anybody that. So yeah, very mixed bag. Because then I don't, I don't like girl who made the stars. I know some people do. I just find it boring. Um, don't particularly like ask not. It's very sort of again people acting out of character. Q and A has moments. You know, I'm not going to list them all, but yeah, mixed bag. Um, <laughs> the next one on my list after you know worryingly after our rant is Discovery, which is kind of weird because uh, I, I didn't think it would put be put so low because I have enjoyed you know a lot of it most uh, pretty much everything after the first season and a couple of episodes in that first season as well so uh, i don't really know what else to say except maybe give it a chance because 
it's, it seems like it's very low for me as the third bottom, but I really do like it quite a bit, you know? Um, and I will say, as I've said in the past, the second season of Discovery is in my top three to five overall seasons of any track. So that's just me. Uh, the next one for me is Strange New Worlds. Again, I just don't get this whole it's the glorious renaissance of Trek talk because all they're doing is, you know, it's Star Trek fanfic. It really is. It's like we're going to do basic story of the week type stuff, and it's not particularly compelling for me. It's not breaking ground in any way. There's a couple of good episodes maybe in that first season and a stellar finale that's absolutely fantastic, um, but there's also some really bad decisions. But again, 10 episodes, maybe it'll turn it around for me. Um, the next one for me would be DS9. Again, I just don't get it. I'm very much of the Gene Roddenberry opinion that, like, it's just... For, for all the people that like to say this, it's not Star Trek. I'm not saying that anything is Star Trek. It has the name on, but I'm saying it's just... Maybe it's because at the time it was too much of a departure, and I'm still of the mind of, like, space station instead of a ship, conflict with everyone. Don't love it. You know, I don't love the religious things that they bring into it about prophets and stuff. I don't love the whole... The idea of the Maquis and the flawed Starfleet and the Federation, which again is part of the reason I dislike Picard. So uh, even though there are episodes of, excuse me, of DS9 that I absolutely love and I really do like the series, there's just a few creative decisions and stuff that you know stick in my craw. Um, the next one for my list will be Lower Decks. It's good. I like it a lot, but like you, I just find sometimes the jokes wear a bit thin. Um, but you know, I, I can love it. I can have fun with it. Uh, so it's not that low on my list. Next up for me would be the original series. Uh, I've long said that Futurama have it exactly right. 79 episodes, about 30 good ones. So, <laughs> you know. um, Those 30 are stellar. They're some of the best science fiction you'll ever see. Unfortunately, there's the remaining ones after that that you have to sit through. And um, there's the alternative factor. <laughs> exactly, yeah. There's, you know, and the children shall lead or... <laughs> <laughs> oh bloody turnabout intruder what a place to end on you know <laughs> so mm. not not the greatest thing lots of fantastic stuff and i appreciate for launching what it did and i love those 30 great episodes but i can't put it in my top sort of beyond that top four i guess so um yes yeah, so was my number five my next one my number four is enterprise like you i've warmed on it a lot over the years when it first started i really disliked those first two seasons i didn't like the idea of a prequel i didn't like that it was sort of seemingly breaking canon in a few places um but i still maintain going back actually those first two seasons i will say are a lot better now and it does give you that trek feel of like the uh, ragtag crew as you said and everyone being a likable character and i think those that seasons three and four of that show are some of the best trek ever made it's just fantastic um you know, people will whinge because season three is basically one long war arc and season four is, you know, the original series in love letter form. But I don't care. I love them. So, <laughs> sue me. Um, my number three is Prodigy, by far my favorite of the new ones, partly because of my nostalgia for Voyager, but also because it's the one that nails Star Trek in general. It gets the look and feel just right, gets the point, gets that it's all about coming together as a crew, not conflict, please. <laughs> you know, So uh, that's why that one's there. On a similar note, my number two is Voyager. It's the one that probably feels the most like a family to me because they had no choice, um, which is ironic because it's the one that shouldn't have been like that given that it was supposed to be Starfleet and the Maquis. <laughs> and people will often lament like they didn't do anything with that. But I'm kind of glad they didn't because like, I don't want to see them arguing every week. I like that they were you know, coming together in those extreme circumstances. And there are some great episodes of that show. you know, And it's it was just something I could watch and it could... It, Came over me like a warm blanket. It hit me at the right time in my life. Uh, and yeah, finally, my number one, Next Generation, will always be far and away. Fully admit the first two seasons aren't particularly great or even good. The seventh season as well, very hit or miss. But what is in between is just some of the finest television I think I've ever seen. Still remains my favorite, probably overall TV show of all time. I think it is what nailed Star Trek as the thing that I love. It, it got so much right. And uh, again, maybe that's the reason why Picard is such a huge freaking disappointment afterwards. But yeah, that's my list. So, quick thoughts, DK, if you have any. No, I thought I, I think it's just you know pretty much cast a spotlight on what we were saying earlier that everybody mm. can find something different in this franchise. Yeah, but you know, there's no need to hate on uh, on other people for no, for not at all. Yeah, I certainly don't like as much as I reel against Picard of the, of them all. You know, I'm picking on that one a lot. But if anybody, if that is your favorite trek or it got you involved in it, 
more power to you. You know, oh, I'm exactly. certainly not going to complain. You know, <laughs> it, you know, it, it's like the whole thing of you know, you've been given a menu, you're not going to like everything on the menu, but yeah. you probably like some things. We're not expected yeah. to like everything that's put out. I mean, there's some episodes of Star Trek that I I just despise, but uh, you know, if 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 someone else loves it. Fine, that's them. Exactly. Everyone, you know, somebody's trash is another person's treasure and don't yuck somebody's yum. But to, to follow on from what you were saying, I love that analogy because that's also, in a lot of ways, I think people should bear that in mind, especially when they're interacting on social media and stuff. Like I said, the likes of these people that are like, I'm glad it's ending Discovery because I didn't like it. And I'm like, imagine the world is like one great big restaurant, as you said, and you're not going to like everything. You can eat your meal and somebody can eat their meal. Would you walk over to someone that was eating, say, bolognese and say, bolognese, crap food. You're an idiot. It's not good. You should have ordered something else. No, you wouldn't. You'd just let somebody enjoy their meal. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So, like I said, if they did a Section 31 show, it wouldn't be my kind of thing, but you can bet your ass it'll be a lot of people's thing. But fair play. yeah. And if they liked it, they liked it. Like I said, look at how many people like DS9, even though I don't like parts of it. I can appreciate that it's a lot of people's favourite and a lot of the reasons why. You know, um, and like I said, there isn't really any Trek that I would say I hate beyond measure. I own them all. I even own the first two seasons of Picard as much as I railed against it. So, you know, I don't want to dislike anything. And it's not like I'm, you know, I've had people criticize, oh, it's got the Star Trek name on, you'll watch anything. And yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> what's wrong with that? It's kind of like, it's a franchise that I love because the majority of it, 90% of it is stuff that I really adore. It's like being with a sports team, you know, you stick with yeah. them through the bad times and the good. You don't abandon yeah. them just because they're having a bad season or whatever, you know? It's <laughs> like your analogy for uh, Voyager. It's like a comfort blanket. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, anyway. I could watch the bad episodes of Star Trek four or five times over than watch most other stuff that's put on TV these days. Completely. And I'd, I'd watch a bad episode of Star Trek every day over reality television, but yes. that way it's, <laughs> so at least even the bad episodes of Star Trek, at least they're trying. And I really appreciate that. You know, they're trying to tell a story and a fictional thing that's saying something. So I'll always be here for that. And that seems like a good, happy place to end on, um, except to say, you know, we lament the loss of Discovery. And uh, if you want to do the same, we are always available on social medias or in our comment sections and stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Are you sad to see Discovery ending? Please don't come at us with hate if you don't particularly like it. You know, as you, as I showed, I'm perfectly willing to accept the opinions of people that dislike uh, these things if it's just not your thing. But, you know, you know how to behave and be nice about it. We're not idiots. Um, we can do this. <laughs> and, yeah, what are some of your favourites? How would you rank all the series? And uh, what what are your predictions for the future of Star Trek? Are we being pessimistic or... Uh, you know, what What might you like to see if, if it does go on and there are new series launched? Uh, yeah. Any thoughts, DK, before I go? <laughs> uh, stay tuned for next week. We've got a special bonus episode coming your way. Indeed, yes. And uh, do yeah, do subscribe to us and to our sister project, uh, our sister podcast, the Silver Screen Podcast. We're always uh, dropping new stuff and we're back, uh, you know, making content now. So even if it's not particularly regular on this channel, you will see a new video soon. Uh, and yeah, there'll always be stuff coming. Hopefully, not with any more bad news, but we'll see. Yeah, and, uh... and in the regular episodes, we're much less we're much less curmudgeonly. Yes, well, yeah, I would say so. And we if you, do go and listen to our episodes. We've been told we're very relaxed, we're very open, we're never confrontational, even though we are called hit or miss. We never sort of you know force our opinions on anyone, and we never judge people for theirs. So yeah, well, I don't, Mike. Uh... <laughs> I really don't, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, go uh... go back and listen to that Borg discussion, listeners. <laughs> hey, I just reviewed the episode of Simulation and was nice to it. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, that's awesome. So any uh, any quick sign off from you then, DK? People can find you anywhere or no, no. I'm just just hanging out here. Cool. Well, I'll leave all the links as usual in the descriptions for our social medias and the like. And uh, yeah, do keep an eye on our channels and hopefully we'll see you again soon. And in the meantime, remember, we are Starfleet. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. You have been listening to the Hit or Miss Star Trek podcast hosted by Michael Wilson and DK. Created, produced and edited by Michael Wilson. Additional material produced by DK. Music by Timeless Journey. More information can be found at soundcloud.com forward slash Timeless Journey. The Hit or Miss Star Trek podcast is based on an idea by Michael Wilson and Will Templar. 
Follow the podcast on Instagram at Home Star Trek Podcast, or look for the Hit or Miss Star Trek Podcast under Facebook groups. Links to all our social media accounts and more are in this episode's description. This podcast is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for Silver Screen Hit or Miss Star Trek. This has been a Mike's Podcast production, copyright 2022. Thank you for listening.